Málaga, España. ¿Qué pasa, Raúl? Un podcast de español y música. You know, in pop music during the 60s and 70s, it used to be common practice for songs that became very popular in one language to be recorded in other languages. So you have Spanish or Latin American artists doing the Spanish version of an Elvis Presley song, for example. And that version became the one that most people knew in the Spanish-speaking world. So you had El Rock de la Cárcel, Jailhouse Rock, sung by Mexican band The Team Pops. Un día hubo una fiesta aquí en la prisión. La orquesta de los presos empezó a tocar. Tocaron rock and roll y todo se animó. Y todos los presos se pusieron a bailar el rock. Todo el mundo a bailar. Todo el mundo en la prisión. Se pusieron a bailar el rock. And that was not the Team Pops, but my mom singing El Rock de la Cárcel, in the Spanish version that she and her whole generation is still most familiar with. Sometimes artists would record their own hit song in multiple languages. And so you had an artist like our Rafael, who you already know from episode 11, singing in French, English, Italian, German and Japanese. Sí, Rafael cantó en todos estos idiomas, Francés, inglés, italiano, alemán, japonés. Vamos a escucharle cantando Amor mío, my love, en japonés. A ver cómo suena eso. Ahí sí te, amor mío, ahí sí te. Sonohino, asahira, no borumade. Utate, amor mío, utate. If you speak Japanese and you're listening, you can leave us a comment to let us know how accurate Rafael's Japanese diction was here. Una cosa está clara. Cantando en japonés, alemán, ruso o sánscrito, Rafael siempre es inconfundiblemente Rafael. Bueno, pues... The song we are learning about today is one of such cases. We are going to hear a French artist singing her Spanish version of one of her own songs. And the artist in question is the great Dalida. ¿Quién? Sí, Dalida. Si eres francés o vives en un país donde se habla francés, probablemente has oído este nombre y conoces alguna de sus canciones. I have to admit, I didn't know about Dalida until Tim, one of my students, pointed me in her direction. Tim, who has lived in Paris for many years, listened to my episode about Paloma San Basilio, then watched some of her videos and thought, oh, she reminds me of Dalida. Me recuerda a Dalida, he told me. And then he explained to me who she was. I did a bit of my own research, and here I am making an episode about my new discovery. A mí este podcast me sirve no solo para enseñar español, sino también para aprender cosas y descubrir nuevos artistas. Now, if you've ever been to Paris and you've visited Montmartre, you may have come across Place Dalida, a little square that remembers her not far from the six-story house that she owned there. In Place Dalida, you can see a bronze statue of her, with a plaque saying chanteuse, cantante, singer, and comedian, which sounds like comedian, but it's more a generic word for actress or performer. 
La vida de esta cantante estuvo marcada por la tragedia. She had a very tragic life. Yolanda Cristina Giliotti nació en 1933 en El Cairo, Egipto, de padres italianos. Sus padres habían emigrado desde Calabria, en el sur de Italia, buscando una vida mejor. Por desgracia, unfortunately, Pietro, el padre de Yolanda, fue hecho prisionero y enviado a un campo de concentración durante la Segunda Guerra Mundial. Pietro regresó a casa cuatro años más tarde y volvió como un hombre totalmente cambiado, traumatizado por sus experiencias en la guerra. He was traumatized by his war experience. He became aggressive and violent, and Yolanda was terrified of him. She would later recall, I hated him when he beat me. I hated him especially when he beat my mom and brothers. I wanted him to die. And then he did. Yolanda was 12 when her father died of a brain abscess in 1945. El padre de Yolanda murió de un absceso cerebral en 1945. It has been said that this trauma influenced Dalida's search for a male partner for the rest of her life. Bueno, resumiendo mucho, cutting a very long story short, Yolanda ganó un concurso de belleza en el Cairo y luego participó como actriz en varias películas egipcias. Se cambió el nombre de Yolanda a Dalila, con L, que era un nombre popular en Egipto en esa época. Más tarde se instaló en París. A ver, música parisina, por favor. Ahí. En París, Dalila intentó dedicarse al cine como actriz, pero no tuvo mucho éxito. Así que empezó a tomar clases de canto. Poco después, conoció a hombres importantes de la industria musical francesa, como el gran productor Eddie Barclay, dueño del sello Barclay Records, y así comenzó su carrera de cantante. Someone suggested that she change her name from Dalila, in English Delilah, from Samson and Delilah, the famous biblical femme fatale, to the more original Dalida, and Dalida she became. La canción Bambino se convirtió en el primer éxito de Dalida y de ahí vinieron muchos más. La cantante interpretará muchas de sus futuras canciones en numerosas lenguas, entre ellas inglés, italiano, francés, árabe, español, hebreo, hebrew, alemán, griego, neerlandés, turco y japonés. She became a huge star in France and in much of the Middle East, en el Medio Oriente. Cantó también en multitud de estilos diferentes, como el twist, la música disco, el reggae o la música yeye. -ye. La música yeye -ye fue la respuesta de los países europeos al rock and roll americano. It was called yeye -ye music as ye o yeah was the one word that you heard a lot in rock music. Just remember the Beatles, she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bueno, pues Dalida fue una de las voces de la música yeye -ye en Francia, como en España lo sería Concha Velasco, por ejemplo, con su gran clásico No te quieres enterar, yeah, yeah, que te quiero de verdad, yeah, 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 yeah. The six yes in the song's chorus, not bad at all, yeah, yeah, yeah. No te quieres enterar, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
esa es la célebre Chica Yeye de la gran Concha Velasco. Now, remember our previous episode about Paco Ibáñez at the Olympia? Well, Dalida cantó allí, en este mismo teatro, en una serie de conciertos durante el curso de un mes, batiendo récords de asistencia de público con un total de 52.000 espectadores en 30 días. A concert residency at the Olympia with a total of 52,000 spectators in the course of 30 days. A record that she herself broke again a few years later. La historia de Dalida no tiene un final feliz. There was not to be a happy ending for our artist. Hubo mucho sufrimiento y tragedias en su vida. Tres hombres muy cercanos a ella se suicidaron por diferentes motivos. The pattern that emerged for me was that her father had had a tragic death that she had had the feeling that she was responsible for her father's death and what i got out of it i thought that she felt a kinship to men who had themselves uh, very difficult histories with their fathers and you can see that every time the man's father has disappeared or died and that this was what they had in common you see it was this feeling of loss and guilt at the same time and so the father's death was a trauma And the thing about trauma is that you repeat it again and again and again until you have worked it out completely. And when you have not really worked it out, it, it comes back and back and back. That was Catherine Rivois, Dalida's official biographer. Finalmente, Dalida se suicidó en 1987. She committed suicide in 1987. En una nota dejó escrita la frase la vie m'est insupportable. Pardonnez-moi. Life is unbearable for me. Forgive me. La vida me resulta insoportable. Perdonadme. Bueno, es hora de saber qué canción vamos a escuchar en nuestro episodio de hoy. For this type of artist, it was, and still is, quite common to have songs written for them. Songs that echo in some way real events from their life. And that's the case with our song. In 1967, at the age of 34, Dalida became pregnant by an 18-year-old Italian student called Lucio. And so a song was written for her in 1973 with the title Il Vene d'Aboire du Suiton. He had just turned 18. The song illustrates the theme of the mature woman who falls for a much younger man. It's a theme that we've seen often in films and books though mostly from the young man's perspective, as a coming-of-age story or a story of initiation. But here we have a female narrator, and she is telling us her story. La canción se grabó con letra adaptada en español y con el título de Tenía 18 años. Y esta es la letra que vamos a ver y la versión que vamos a escuchar. It's a brief song with a few interesting things going on language-wise. There's a combination of preterite and imperfect tenses that you see a lot in storytelling, and a couple of periphrasis verbales. Now, periphrasis verbal es una combinación de dos verbos, a menudo separados por un conector. Two verbs often separated by a connector. If it sounds complicated, you'll say it's not. Bueno, pues vamos a ello sin más dilación. Empezamos. Primer verso. La tarde que le conocí... Él acababa de cumplir 18 años. The evening I met him, 
he had just turned 18. Okay, so acababa de, he had just. This is a verbal periphrasis, combination of two verbs, in this case, acabar and cumplir. Acabar de plus infinitive, to have just done something. You say, acabo de salir del trabajo, I've just left work. Or, acabamos de llegar a la estación, we've just arrived at the station. So this young man had just turned 18, acababa, imperfect, de cumplir 18 años. The verb is cumplir, to turn one year older, to hit a new age. You know the word cumpleaños, birthday. So, la tarde que le conocí, the evening that him I met, that's how we say, with that pronoun before the verb, le conocí. La tarde que le conocí, él acababa de cumplir 18 años. Era verano, claro está. It was summertime, of course, claro está. Yeah, this is when most of these kind of stories take place, in verano, in the summer. There's free time, warm weather, and hormones take a life of their own. Y yo empezaba a soñar con mi pasado, and I was started to dream about my past. Soñar con mi pasado. In Spanish, we say soñar con, to dream with, meaning to dream about, to dream of. You say, anoche soñé contigo. Yesterday I had a dream about you. You were in my dreams. So she's in that stage of life when one starts becoming haunted by memories of the past, and one gets a feeling of nostalgia for a lost youth. Ante un espejo le fingí que maquillaba mi nariz para mirarle. In front of a mirror, I pretended for him to make up my nose. To pretend, fingir, le fingí. It's like, for him, I pretended that I was powdering my nose. Maquillar, to make up. We often use it as a reflexive verb, maquillarse. The makeup, that would be el maquillaje. Now, cuando me vi tan cerca de él, habría dado no sé qué por conquistarle. Now, when I saw myself, when I found myself so close to him, I would have given I don't know what, like anything, for seducing him, for winning his heart. The temperature is rising, the plot thickening. She's instantly attracted to this young man. Habría dado no sé qué por conquistarle. Conquistar. That's to conquer, to conquer a city or a country. Think about the Spanish conquistadors or conquistadores. But also to win someone over, to win their heart. Conquistar a una persona. And you know, the language of love and war often conflate. And you've noticed that in this occasion, the pronoun goes after the verb. Conquistarle, to conquer him. And that's because conquistar is an infinitive. And pronouns go after the infinitive, not before. So, no le conquistar, but conquistarle. Habría dado no sé qué por conquistarle. Me sonrió con intención, y fue su edad la explicación de su victoria. He smiled at me with intent, and it was his age, the explanation, the reason, of his victory. Su victoria, his victory, my surrender. Here is a kind of battle that has just been won by this 18-year-old conqueror. 
she's falling for his youth she's mad about the boy and she's so stupid to be mad about the boy okay that's a different one let's go on continuamos no quiso hablarme del amor pues según él esa cuestión es otra historia he didn't want to talk to me about love as according to him según él that question is another story es otra historia something else love is a different matter altogether me dijo tú me vas muy bien eres igual que la mujer del graduado he told me you suit me very well you're just like the woman in the graduate yo no pude resistir y entre sus brazos descubrí un sol dorado i could not resist and into his arms i discovered a golden sun we are in a kind of 70s soft porn territory here i think porno blando o porno suave you can just see those camera filters all glowing and dreamlike and background music not very unlike the string arrangements for this song but then of course you have the reference to the graduate el graduado ¿Puedo hacerte una pregunta? ¿Qué piensas de mí? Pues la he tenido siempre por una persona encantadora. ¿Sabías que soy una alcohólica? ¿Cómo? ¿Está usted intentando seducirme? ¿Pues verdad? Pues no, no lo había pensado. Y me siento muy halagada. Perdóneme por lo que acabo de decirle. El graduado, esa escena famosa entre Dustin Hoffman and Nan Bancroft, la señora Robinson. And that was from the quite excellent Spanish dub. You've heard him, Benjamin, addressing Mrs. Robinson using the respectful usted mode, as he is a young man and she could be his mother. You are trying to seduce me. Está usted intentando seducirme. Y ella dice, me siento muy halagada. I feel very flattered. The film had come out just a few years before the song's release, and it would have been fresh in the minds of everyone who heard the song. Now, in the French original version, though, the film reference is Le Bleu en Herbe, El Trigo Verde, a 1954 film in which an older woman introduces a teenager to the mysteries of love. The English title was The Game of Love, and it went not without controversy at the time, being deemed by many immoral and obscene, and banned in several American states. The National Legion of Decency were not amused. So now, in very few words, the singer is about to elegantly describe her sexual encounter with this young man. In real life, this could be a new source of tragedy for Dalida as she became pregnant by Lucio. She had an abortion, and this left her unable to have children ever again. Soon after, she tried, unsuccessfully for now, to take her own life. Dieciocho años nada más. Eso le hizo ser audaz más que insolente. Just eighteen years old. Dieciocho años nada más. That made him be more audacious than insolent. Cool line. There's a definite reversal of roles from the story in The Graduate. Unlike in the film, here he is the cool, cocky one full of innocent arrogance. 
Cuando llegué a despertar, solo sentí la soledad indiferente. When I got to wake up, I just felt an indifferent loneliness. A sexual act has just taken place, and she's feeling a kind of sadness. Not for nothing, the French talk about le petit mort, the little death, to refer to that postcoital moment of depression and loss of vital energy. Por un momento, pretendí retenerlo junto a mí, pero no quise. For a moment, I attempted to retain him, to keep him next to me, but I didn't want to. You have the verb pretender there, which is not to pretend, but to intend, to plan, to want to do something. You remember we saw fingir earlier, and that's the one for to pretend. So, pretender, to intend, fingir, to pretend. Me dijo, no has estado mal, con un candor tan infernal, antes de irse. He told me, mm, you haven't done badly, you've been all right with such infernal candor, just before leaving. Un candor tan infernal. And in that last syllable of infernal, she goes high, reaching the highest note and the emotional climax of the song. The emotion is one of awe, longing, melancholy, a sudden pang of loneliness at the realization that it was nice, maybe, but no more really than a pointless fantasy. It's all there, in that syllable, con un candor tan infernal. Entonces, tuve que fingir que maquillaba mi nariz para no verle. Then I had to pretend, fingir again, that I was making up my nose to not see him. Y estuve a punto de olvidar que yo le doblaba la edad. And I almost forgot, I was about to forget, that I doubled his age. We started the song with a verbal periphrasis. El acababa de cumplir 18 años. We ended now with another one, also referencing age, the age gap between these two. Estuve a punto de olvidar, I was about to forget, as in I almost forgot, estar a punto de, plus infinitive, to be about to do something. Estuve a punto de olvidar, que le doblaba la edad. I almost forgot that I doubled his age. Ah, the ineluctable passage of time. El paso del tiempo, ineluctable, irreversible, irrefutable. Y la melancolía que ello conlleva. The fact of aging. El hecho de envejecer, de hacerse mayor, de ver cómo el tiempo se nos va de las manos y la vida se nos escapa entre los dedos. It's all in there, in this lovely crepuscular song by the great Dalida, a woman who had also become haunted by the fear of getting old. Gracias, Tim, por descubrirme a esta fascinante artista. Este episodio te lo dedico a ti. Y así es como suena Tenía 18 años, Il venait d'avoir 18 ans, interpretado por mí. Espero que te guste y nos vemos en el próximo episodio. Chao. La tarde que le conocí, él acababa de cumplir 18 años. 
Era el verano, claro está, y yo empezaba ya a soñar con mi pasado. Ante un espejo le fingí que maquillaba mi nariz para mirarle. Cuando me vi tan cerca de él, habría dado no sé qué por conquistarle. Me sonrió con intención y fue su edad la explicación de su victoria. No quiso hablarme del amor, pues según él esa cuestión es otra historia me dijo tú me vas muy bien eres igual que la mujer el graduado yo no me pude resistir y entre sus brazos descubrí un soldado Dieciocho años nada más, eso le hizo ser audaz, más que insolente. Cuando llegué a despertar, solo sentí la soledad, indiferente. Por un momento pretendí el retenerlo junto a mí. Pero no quise, me dijo no has estado mal, con un candor tan infernal, antes de irse. Entonces tuve que fingir que me quillaba mi nariz, para no verle. Y estuve a punto de olvidar que yo le doblaba la 